you're listening to the latest Listen Up Travel podcast from myself and Stone of Trailevance.com. I hope you've had a great week. As for my good self, I've spent much of the week in the library, tapping away a few personal writing projects, including one about the mystical Japanese tea ceremony. You can look out for that soon. Also, I've just got back from agreeing a new job. Hurrah! It's been an acutely difficult task though, and a real eye-opener just how difficult the job market in New Zealand is right now, and especially how poorly the Kiwis are being paid in comparison to their near neighbours and distant cousins. And I've taken a job, because the pennies are running dry, but I've been cajoled into job pulling coffees at Wellington Airport. Good place for a traveller, some might say, but some days I'll be starting at an agonising four o'clock in the morning. So if you're passing through and spot a bleary-eyed Englishman drooling over some freshly baked scones, come and say hi. You don't want to do this? Well, no, not exactly, but sometimes you've just got to suck it up, hey? Some of my first customers are likely to be my very own parents, who land this Saturday for a stint in Aotearoa. But anyway, you don't want to know about that. You want to hear the latest narration of my candid journey throughout the Far East and beyond, right? Well, the destination for this week's Listen Up podcast is quite possibly my favourite country in the world for reasons beyond explanation. It's a melting pot for all the world's excitement, a stirring pot for all the world's mischief and a cauldron of candescent charm. It's India and it's a place I spent a fair bit of time travelling around by motorbike, which is during that period that this post was written on April 23rd, 2008, entitled Heartbreak Hotel. So pull up a pew, grab yourself a brew, and listen in as we go to the Heartbreak Hotel. After a quick blood pressure test, the gang of nurses rushed me to the surgery operating room. Pain was brandishing my neck and shoulder and sickening sensation ten times greater than the height of pins and needles when it feels like your stricken limb might just implode and you might just want it to. A young nun entered the room and cast me a gentle look that only she was capable of, a grimaced, and as she glided gently backwards, I turned my gaze to the floor. A moment later, Elvis entered the room, and as quickly as he appeared, Elvis, predictably, left the building. Five minutes later, he returned, balancing a thick polyester wig, aviator sunglasses and an open pink Versace shirt, revealing his wiry black chest hair. He inquired about my symptoms, though quite obviously only took note of key words. Neck, pain, ten days ago, agony, euthanasia. Cervical scoliosis, he claimed confidently. You want Bill? A nurse reappeared, glared at me and held out her pale palm, where two nondescript pills gently wobbled. What is this? I stammered. Complicated, replied the doc, and I sigh saw the pills inhaled. He continued. You want injection? My eyebrows went skew if. What's it for? I asked. He feigned understanding, but later admitted to Reb it was for his disease. Moments later, the nurse rolled me over and jabbed a needle so deep into my backside it would ache for weeks. Next came the x-ray, the offer of a wheelchair and an exhausted kip on the surgery bed. I found out in the coming days that scoliosis was to do with a curvature of the spine. I'm no doctor, but I'm confident things weren't this serious. In a garbled conversation with Elvis, I heard the syllables of morphine mentioned, and following the mysterious jab, 
the pain rapidly decreased to just a twinge. The x-rays, left to myself to examine, showed nothing but a slim, pale guy, which seemed normal. So could this be that the doctor had rid himself of me? The over-inquisitive foreigner by some cocktail of potent painkillers? He refused to give me his name before I left, though I secretly sourced it from reception in case I curiously developed Tourette's. The stage for my unfortunate audience with the king was the small Kerelan city of Aleppi, 66 kilometres south of Cochin, and one of the most popular places to slip into the famed backwaters of Kerala. It takes little persuasion to get me by a river, so to cast off into the flowing waterways aboard a houseboat, complete with a chef and two crew, was an opportunity not to be missed. There are hundreds of these boats on the backwaters, since a bright spark converted a rice barge into a floating rupee magnet that rivers are, excuse the pun, flooded with them. The route took us by villages going about their peaceful lives while the temples gave us an ambient audio as the palms combed the bird life from the silent blue sky. I found it hard to switch off and relax automatically. It's rather like being eight years old and your mother sending you to bed while it's still light and playable outside. You just lie there, mind racing around the tracks of life beyond, and then you sleep, and then you dream. The peace of this passage was still in my spirit as we jumped back on the Enfield the next day and roared northwards. When the clutch cable snapped, I managed to ride the stores of positivity for five kilometres to a garage where we fluttered our tourist eyelashes until we had it fixed. When the chain snapped a couple of hours later, we ground to a swift, clunking stop and with some priceless help from a handful of locals, we were set free. When I realised I'd been set free with no back brake, the smile was fixed with mellow adhesive until we sped into the city of Coimbatore, where segments of my peace with the world dispatched with each hotelier that gave me a look that screamed, You are covered in grease and oil, son. No way. The 11th took us in, and later that night I discovered we were paying triple the going rate. Now after a restless night's sleep, the next day started with an almighty row with the scrawny manager and then continued an hour later at his request with the plump owner. I cornered them with facts and they eventually conceded but Coimbatore and its inward roads were unkind and both had an urban bitterness, an ugly grey bolshiness that offered the peace no glimmer of an early revival. Being Sunday, the mechanics had shut shop, so we were stuck for 24 hours. On Monday morning, a highly recommended mechanic all but admitted he couldn't replace a chain, and simply tightened a nut or two, and off we went. Middle finger extended at what turned out to be the most unfriendly time in South India, if not the whole subcontinent. The day was not lost. The direction we were heading was back into the Western Ghats, those familiar mounds of tea plantations, jungles, waterfalls and peaceful villages bound together by hairpins and slick new tarmac. The idea was to get to Uti, 75 kilometres up the hills, but the reality was we ended up in a water park, just a few clicks out of Coimbatore. My hesitance to make myself the object of attention was soon proved unwarranted. Reb had dragged me in and we joined the fully clothed masses in black thunder. 
soaking ourselves on death slides and water shoots, while the mounting list of repairs being demanded by the lovable Enfield floated far away. Few people seemed alarmed at having two Westerners striding through the soaked saris and shirts, and we left refreshed in every possible way. Kanor is one of three hill stations, cool retreats for the British, in the Nilgiri Hills. Its multicoloured face seemed to fill the base of the valley like a bowl full of multi-curios. It's around the rim of this bowl that we've explored the lush landscape from the infield. It's days like these that justify the decision to explore by bike. We've replaced the throttle and the speedo thingamajig, the clutch cable, the chains clunking over two worn sprockets and the right indicator refuses to blink. The back brake went AWOL and at altitude the exhaust popped in agony. That's not to mention the time it wrestled Reb and I to the ground, or the two times it's drank too much and passed out, though fuel theft is a mounting theory. For every three blissful bends in the road, there's one with two buses jostling for position, and even on the straights, these juggernauts will assert their position and run you off the road head on. In India, lorry beats truck, beats van, beats car, beats auto rickshaw, beats motorbike, beats pushbike, beats pedestrian, and deep breath... Bus beats all. The problem is, everyone thinks they're a bus. Against popular belief, the police leave you be and the road conditions rival my homeland. When we're lost, we're constantly given help to find our way, and when we find it, we're lost for words. And it's for these simple reasons that I love to travel. Well, guys, listen to that. That was Heartbreak Hotel. It was a time when I really screwed my shoulder over up on that motorbike. I'm not really sure how it happened, but we did go over quite a few rough roads and quite honestly, it was probably the most pain I've ever felt. And just reading that back for you just then, I did not carry that through into words, the amount of pain I was feeling. If you'd have come up to me with a machete, and do you mind if I chop your arm off? You'd have been quite welcome to it, I can assure you that. I'm looking out the window here in Wellington and the, the cloud is so low, it's tickling the drain pipes of every house I can see through the valley. And that also takes me back to India. The weather was sublime during that bike trip. Absolutely every morning was nice and cool and refreshing. And as we went through the day, we were stopping at small villages having chai and chits and chats with the locals. Kids would flock around us like we were like real local celebrities. And they weren't intrusive at all. It, it was far from the image that you might have of India. It was so, so friendly. And it's for this reason that India is up there in the top three places that I want to live. Sri Lanka's also there. But without further ado, that was quite a long post. So guys, I'm not gonna keep you that long. I hope you enjoyed the reading of Heartbreak Hotel. If you do have any feedback, feel free to leave a comment on the blog, trailavance.com. Alternatively, you can drop me an email at ant at trailavance.com. If you liked what you heard, forward it on to your friends. But until next time, have a great day, great week, safe travels. God bless. Namaste. Kia ora. This is ant, trailavance.com.